Amen. Good morning, everybody. God is good. Anybody get touched by the Lord's love and heart this morning? Amen. As he saturates us and he calls us out into the deep, as he calls us to come and get soaked in his presence. Amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your presence. We thank you, God, that you really are moving on our hearts and that, Holy Spirit, you are tenderizing us. And so, Lord, we all confess today, God, that we want more of you. Just say, Lord, I want more of you. Just as Mike was even singing, Lord, show me something of you that I've never seen before. Lord, I pray today that you would release a spirit of wisdom and revelation over us, that we might know you as a people more, that we might seek and understand you and know your goodness more. So, Father, we thank you where you're going today. We thank you, God, for preparing our hearts. We thank you, God, for taking the word of God today. And, Lord, illuminating things to us and showing us more truth about your goodness. And so, Lord, we just give you praise for that. And we love you and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I forgot my glasses today, so I have a pair of reading glasses up here today that I'll have to be putting on and off. But hope everybody's doing well. I um, hope you've seen my um, video this week on our announcements on the, um, our F Facebook group, New Covenant Worship Center and Friends. Uh, for those who are online or those of you who are here, um, I did make an announcement this week that we're going to be canceling our Christmas party in a couple weeks. Everybody say yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yep, we don't like that. Um, I re we really felt like we could go ahead and do the Christmas party because the church has been exempt in our worship services, but several people had a concern about moving forward in that. And so I went ahead and called the uh, health department to find out uh, really kind of where they're at and where we should be at in our hearts. But uh, basically what I w was shared with at the health department was that our worship service, like today, is definitely exempt from the 50 people and under because they do not want to hinder the body of Christ from worshiping the Lord. Can I say amen on that? Is that a good thing? And so we really appreciate that we're not getting what they're getting in California where they're trying to shut down the church and they're trying to shutting down services. And so we thank God that our governor is honoring worship in the house of God. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. amen. So... We are we're very thankful for that. And, you know, we would have to draw lines in the sand if they wanted to take things away that are unbiblical. And if we have to, you know, if there's a thing where they're asking us to do things that are not biblical, we will not do that. I, I want you to know that. But um, what we did really sense in the uh, that we really wanted to cooperate with the governor in trying to prevent the spread of COVID uh, with us serving a meal and being together close like that. They really asked, really, guys, we're asking that you don't do that. Your, your parties and your events and that kind of stuff is not really what's exempt. What is exempt is your worship service. So in honoring that, we really felt like the Lord wanted us to help the governor in trying to, you know, to you know, break the spread of the virus. You know, naturally, we all have different opinions on whether that works or not, and, uh, but we are going to honor uh, the state and the government in that aspect, and so we're going to not have the Christmas party at, at this point in time. And so I just really want to encourage, what we're going to do, we're still going to have Shrek in. Shrek is still going to come and minister to us, and we're going to have a blast with Shrek that mo Sunday morning. So he's going to come Sunday morning and minister here at the church. Uh, we're also going to have a, our Christmas uh, service uh, the Sunday before um, Christmas. We're going to do something where the youth take over, and we're going to have a, a Christmas uh, service, and we're going to actually take the gifts that uh, that Kate had accumulated for the Christmas party, and we're going to put all your names in a pot as you come in the door, and we're going to draw your names out for some of those gifts on that Christmas Sunday. So there's some really things, nice things like a hotel and Fishers and some gift cards and all kinds of stuff that, work, that Kate worked so hard to get. And so we're going to actually give those away on that Christmas service. I think it's the 21st, if I remember correctly. So that's what's coming up. But I just want to make sure we make that a public announcement so everybody knows. None of us like it. I don't like it. I'm grieved, as well as many others. But I just really appreciate you guys uh, hanging in there with us. This is not a fun time to lead. 
by any stretch when it comes to the COVID. And uh, there's a lot of things that are going on that uh, you guys don't see behind the scenes that it really, really is tough. But uh, keep praying for us and keep rebuking COVID in the name of Jesus. Keep coming against it. And I'm even going to share in my message today, I realize God is using COVID. It doesn't come from God by any stretch. But what the enemy means for harm, God always works for the good for God's people. Can I have an amen on that? And so God is using COVID to expose some things, I believe, and I'm going to talk about that here in a few minutes. So with that being said, so Shrek will be here that Sunday. Next Sunday, as Shelly mentioned, Lynn will be with us next Sunday. So for the next two Sundays, we're going to have guest speakers. And so I really want to encourage you to share. There's a lot of people in our community who, Lynn is originally from here, and I know people will want to hear Lynn. So just really share that post that we made. And uh, that way, when Lynn comes next Sunday, he will see a lot of friendly faces and people that he loves. Amen? So, praise God. All right. Well, I'm going to get into the, 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 the message and the word that's in my heart. I'm kind of going to um, do kind of a summary today uh, of some things that have been in my heart and kind of t- uh, t- touching into kind of what Tom has said, what I've preached on. Uh, for the last several weeks, and even what Shrek hit on while he was here. I really believe that over the, uh, the last, you know, what I would say, pardon my reading glasses, I'm going to look at you this way and look at this way. I really believe over the last couple months, God has really been speaking to us about the urgency, wow, this is going to be tougher than I thought, about the urgency of the hour in which we're in. Do you guys sense an urgency? An urgency for our nation, an urgency for the body of Christ, the people of God. Does anybody sense that? I really believe God has been trying to get our attention for quite some time. And one of the messages that I shared several months ago was, Awake, awaken, O sleeping beauty. I don't know if you guys remember you know, awakened bride of Christ. Um, But I really believe that the Lord is really trying to awaken not only the body of Christ, but our nation as a whole. And there is a shaking that that is going on. And I really, I just really want to publicly thank the prophetic team who comes in here early, early on Sunday mornings and are praying and are interceding for the nation and for our church. I want to thank the intercessors who have been praying on Wednesday nights. Though it is few, there are people coming and they're praying for our nation and they're praying for our church. I thank God that there is a prayer movement over this nation. There is more prayer going on, I believe, right now in this season for our nation than I can ever remember. Has anybody else realized that? Has anybody else sensed that? There is a real prayer and intercessory movement that is going on right now. And I praise God for it because I believe it is part of what God is using to awaken the bride and to awaken our nation. Do you guys believe that? Guys are quiet this morning. And so this message that I want to share today it really is a culmination of many, many weeks of what's been sharing, because there's been a lot of messages that have come from this pulpit over the last several months that have been very convicting and very challenging. I mean, there has been a correcting thing, a theme that God has been doing here at New Covenant. In my own heart and in your hearts, God has been trying to get our attention, and I just, I just believe even COVID has been a wake-up call to this nation and to the body of Christ. I do not believe, like I said, I do not believe God has brought COVID by any stretch, but I believe one virus has literally shaken this nation and the nations of the earth, and it has exposed what this nation needs. It has exposed that, 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 that our self-gratification and our lust for entertainment and the pride of life has been exposed. And all those things that were propping up people's lives, the, 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 the entertainment and, and the lust of the flesh. I mean, it's amazing with one virus, sports have almost been eliminated in our culture. It's amazing. 
and the, and the entertainment. I mean, the movies that are not being made, the movies that are not being shown on big cinema. I mean, that entertainment world has just been, whew. I mean, it, 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 with one virus, the, 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 the idols of America have been brought down low. It's amazing right now how much more disposable income Americans have because they're not putting their money in that garbage. But just in one virus, God is shaking the nation and exposing some things. With one election, God has shown the division that is in our nation that is so divisive. And that spirit of division is trying to get in the church. It's trying to get in our homes. It's trying to infiltrate this nation. Do you guys realize that? And with one, one, <laughs> one uh, political race, we've seen the division. And it's been playing out in the press. It's been playing out on social media. It's been playing out over the news. How divisive divided we are as a nation. It is shown where we are at as a nation. There is a shaking going on. And there's an awakening. It's, I could have titled the shaking and the awakening. <laughs> Play on word. There's a shaking and then there's an awakening that's going on. But where I want to go today is in this awakening, is God getting your attention. Is he shaking and is he awakening you? I've had to ask myself the same question. Because the Lord is preparing, I believe, for his return. I believe the Lord is preparing for his return. And this awakening and this shaking is to get his people to listen. To get his people. There's a separating of sheep and goats <laughs> that is going on in the nation. And the Lord is preparing for his return. And will his people be ready? Is the altar of your heart ready? Is the altar of Eric's heart, ready. I think of the 10 get readies that the God spoke through Denny Kramer several years ago. God has been ratifying the body of Christ for many, many years. Are we listening? Is your heart getting ready? I, this morning as I was preparing and as I was praying, the song, I crystal somebody, I can't remember who it is, but People get ready. Jesus is coming, coming to claim his own. People get ready. Jesus is coming, coming to take us home. There is a, that, that, that song was just radiating inside my heart that God is trying to get our attention and he's wanting to get our love and passion realigned. Can I have an amen on that? So this isn't, a, this isn't a downer. Today's message is not going to be a downer. This, today's message is going to be, we're, we're going to get prepared for what God is saying to us. And there's going to be, a, I believe, a breakthrough coming in what God is wanting to do. And so I, I just, Father, I just ask in the name of Jesus as I jump into this message, Father, I just ask that God, you would unplug ears, that you would soften hard hearts, that God, the shaking and the awakening that you're doing, God, that the people in this house are going to be ready for it. We are going to be ready. We're, we're preparing our hearts even now. You're drawing us. Father, I thank you for that. And I just ask God that you would just allow this message to penetrate our hearts and motivate us to move, motivate us to, 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 to rebuild the altars of our hearts today, God. And I thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. So, um, you know, one of the passages in the Bible is that uh, we are his sheep and his sheep hear his voice. And so I believe his sheep are hearing the rattling. I believe that his sheep are hearing. I believe there's a stirring that's going on. But where I want to go today is um, I really want to go back to Shrek's message. I know Shrek, uh, he made a couple points and he was all over the map and he was so hilarious and there was such a joy he brought two weeks ago. Do you guys feel that joy? 
And, um, but there's a couple things that Shrek said that just have been, uh, really keep going over, over in, in my heart and my mind. Even Tom's message on salt and light, they're all so tied together if we'll, if we'll hear the Lord. But um, in Shrek's message recently, he basically said that God was wanting the, to rebuild the altar of our hearts. Do you guys remember the message? And, um, you know, I don't take lightly when a prophet comes. Every time a prophet comes and preaches or teaches or prophesies, there is something that gets deposited in this house. I'll never forget, you know, I mean, when Denny Kramer came the last time and he said, your, 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 your prosperity is tied to your generosity, and that message resonated, and God, God did something in this house, making this house even more generous. Did you, I mean, it, can I not say amen on that? I mean, it affected our heart. It was a message for the hour. And so when Shrek came, there was this message that, that of, of repairing the altar that he brought to us that just really stirred something in my heart. And I wanted to go back to it today and, and challenge us, you know, in hearing what he was communicating to us. And so Shrek made two points about uh, rebuilding the altar of our hearts and the need to get back to God, to return to the Lord. And so I'm going to go there today. Can anybody remember what his two points that he said we needed to do? Can anybody remember his two points? I realize he went back and forth, back and forth. Did anybody go back and listen to his message again? Did anybody hear what he said? He said something about stacking stones, okay. Remembering what the Lord did to you, for you, stacking stones, remembering. I'm going to highlight the first one, but I'm going to go deep on the second point. The first point I summed up as this is let God deliver you. And he weaved in and out back and forth to it, but he, I'm going to quote some of the words that Shrek said in his message. He said, to repair your altar of devotion, you must allow God to deliver you. He said, and I quote, your shame and your guilt are keeping you away from God. Do you guys remember him saying that? You are holding on to hidden sin and it is holding you back from God. You're not going to be able to repair your altar if you hold on to your sin. Does anybody remember that? Now, what that made me remember was, if you guys remember, Shrek was originally supposed to be here like six to eight weeks before that. And we had the prophetic team up here prophesying and ministering to the church. Do you guys remember that? And we were prophesying, we were getting done prophesying, and then Pastor Tom had this prophetic word that was stirring inside of him, and then, then Pastor Tom comes up, and Pastor Tom, and I went back and listened to it even again this morning, and in Pastor Tom's prophetic word that morning, he said, shame and guilt was keeping people from coming to church. Matter of fact, he said, there are people who are running from their destiny and, 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 and pride and self-pity has you locked up. But God was going to break off pride and self-pity and no longer giving... Uh, and there were people here that were no longer going hard after God, but God was going to break shame off, and there were going to be people who come back, and God was going to create, there were going to be new stories that God created. And so when, when Shrek said that, I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that word, that shame and guilt was holding God's people back, and that many people are not, not I mean, this, there's a lot of people missing. And I know not everybody missing is because of shame of guilt. I'm not trying to say all that, but that, but that is what this, the Spirit of God was emphasizing when Pastor Tom shared that and when Shrek was here. And God was saying, let God set you free, is what Shrek was saying. 
Shrek went on to say, but it is time to rebuild your altar, to restore your relationship and your devotion with God. It is time to get past our failures. There is a grace and a power. Everybody say that with me. There is grace and power. There is grace and power. There is grace and power over addiction and strongholds. <laughs> and Shrek goes, I have a repentant message. And then he went off on the trail. And he didn't even finish that mess. He said, I have a repentant message. And then he went off on prophesying or doing something else. But there was something there where he was calling us to repentance. There was a calling us of getting rid of the things that have plagued us for so many years. And then he said, your kids are not too far gone. You are not too far gone. And we break this addiction spirit and we declare revival and breakthrough in Jesus' name. Building the altar, he said, is allowing the Lord to deliver you from pizza or pills, pot or porn. Bondage is bondage, and part of repairing the altar is getting set free. Part of repairing our, our altar, because the altar is our heart. And he used 1 Kings 18, where Elijah confronted Ahab. Because Israel had fallen away from God and the altar was broken down. And so what he was declaring is, in our heart, our heart is our altar. You know, Jesus, we no longer have to kill a bull. Anybody glad about that? Yeah. But Shrek was trying to say, your heart, the devotion of your heart has been broken down and God's wanting to repair the altar of our hearts. And I want to be God's man or I want to be God's woman is what should be coming out of our hearts. And I want to give you this terrible thing that is trying to get a hold of me. That was what Shrek said. Whether it's pornography, drug abuse, alcohol, sexual immorality, gluttony, gossip, whatever it is, God wants to set you free and repair the altar of the, of the Lord. And you must be a curse breaker of your family tree. Does everybody remember that word? So what happened was he bounced in and out of it. He, came, he went to it and then he came back. And then he would go to it and then he would come back. And so I really challenge you. I'm not going to focus on that part of the message. I think we know where we fall short. I don't have to tell you where you fall short. You know, I know the part of my life that's not crucified. I'm touching it. <laughs> but I am going to get free. Just like, a, just like uh, Shrek said, he can't tell you how many diets he'd been on. But everybody has a vice. Everybody has a stronghold. Every ha everybody has something where the enemy has got you bound up. Every one of us in this room. Can I have an amen on that? Amen. And part of repairing the altar is letting go of that hidden garbage and letting go of it. And I hope you heard that from Shrek. But the second point that Shrek made in repairing our altars is what I really want to focus on this morning. He called it stones of memories. And uh, I don't know about you, but um, I'm pretty terrible about remembering things that God has done. I can remember things that went wrong. I, could re I, can rem I, I, I see things that need to be fixed. But how are you at remembering the goodness of God? I thought Gage was going to steal my message this morning. Good job, Gage, on that Psalms 100. We're going to get there later. But I want to, I want to go back to, uh, and I want to focus on stones of memories about today. I want to read 1 Kings again, and I want to put it in context with us today. Because as a nation, Israel was not worshiping God. And the altar of the Lord had been torn down. And so we are going to go back to, uh, to um, uh, 1 Kings 18 again today. But I want, to, I want to set a little of the context of the situation because um, it really is important because there is such similarities between Israel at this time and the United States of America and our own. So, so there, is this, this, there is this context to what Israel was going through that we can then take a look at it and say what we're going through as a nation but also what I'm going through as an individual, I can, I can glean revelation from the scripture and apply it to my life. Even though it was for them, it is for me. 
But King Ahab, everybody realized that King Ahab, we know King Ahab was a wicked king, and he was part, he was the king of the northern part of the kingdom of Israel. And Asa was the king of Judah. And so Israel had been divided in the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom at this point in time. We realize that before that, you know, um, uh, Israel had been ruled by judges, but now uh, Israel was being ruled by kings. And the kings really dictated where the country went. And so King Asa, in, who was the king of Judah in the southern kingdom, was following God. He had re restored, oh my glasses, you are wonderful, brother, or son. <laughs> oh, glory, hallelujah, I can see you guys now. No. Uh, but, um, so, that was really, th thanks for going home and getting those aid. <laughs> Um, now they're steaming up from my sweat. Okay, here we are. <laughs> so, so what was going on as Asa in Judah was returning to the Lord, Ahab the king was actually going further and further from God. And the altar of the Lord on Mount Carmel, because there had been an altar on Mount Carmel, and I almost brought a picture of Mount Carmel. It's really beautiful, because you have these plains, and these mountains come off of the, of the sea, and there's this, this, this mountain range. And what Israel had done is they had put an altar on top of this mountain range, and they would go up on this mountain, and they would worship the Lord. They would bring a bull, and they would put a sacrifice on this, bull, uh, on this altar. And, but they had not done that in years and years and years in Israel, the northern kingdom. That altar had actually been broken down. And the kings, uh, uh, even before Ahab, the kings quit serving God. They, they started worshiping Baal. They started worshiping Asher. They, they, were, they were polytheistic. They were leave, believed in many, many, many gods instead of the one true God. And so that's the environment in here. And so this prophet Elijah is coming to, to, to declare the will of the Lord. He's declaring over Israel, God is wanting you to return to God. He's trying to correct the people of God because they've been worshiping, worshiping false gods. And so we're going to read now in 1 Kings because it is this confrontation where Elijah is coming to reestablish the altar and to reestablish that God is the Lord of Israel and to turn the people of God back to God. And you know, if, if, rain, if, if the absence of rain was not enough to get their attention, because there was a drought going on, okay? There had not, Elijah had prophesied there's going to be a drought and there had been a drought for several years. Okay, so if the drought was not enough to get Ahab's attention, if the COVID is not enough to get our attention, I mean, you see some similarities here. If the drought was not enough, now we were coming to a confrontation where God was going to confront King Ahab and the people of Israel and saying, are you going to waver between being worshipers of Baal and worshipers of God? Because some people were worshiping God, and most people were worshiping Baal. And he's confronting this in 1 Kings 18 that, that Shrek shared with us. Then Elijah said to all the people, so what Elijah had done in the previous chapter, he had told Ahab to bring his 450 prophets of Baal, his 400 prophets of Asherah. So if you can imagine 850 prophets on this mountain. Okay, let me, come on, set the stage. And then he said, now, and then Elijah told Ahab, and bring all the people with you. Now, I don't know where the people came from, Ziklag and all these towns. I don't, I mean, it would have been a close proximity to them coming to here. And so now, you know, Elijah, they've already done their thing. They've cut themselves. They bled out. They've done everything to try to get their sacrifice consumed by fire. And Baal didn't show up. Asherah didn't show up. And so now it's Elijah's turn, and Elijah's getting ready to rebuild the altar and show them who's God, because their God was quiet. Their God was not showing up. And so Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar. Everybody say, repaired the altar. He repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, and saying, Your name shall be Israel. <laughs> so Jacob's name was changed from Jacob to Israel. And what he was saying, Your name shall be Israel. This whole, the, the 12 tribes of Israel. 
you shall be a nation. And with the stones, he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seahs of seed. He arranged the wood, he cut the bull into pieces, and he laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water. What do you think they wanted to do with that? They were in a drought. Water was pretty precious, guys. You think they wanted to put water on it? Put water on it, pour it in the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. He did it a third time. So they put water on the bull, the wood, the rocks, everything. And the water ran down the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, let it be known today that you are the God in Israel. Everybody say that. Let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so these people will know that you, Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Say that, turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell, and it burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stone, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, look what happened. They fell prostrate and cried, Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Everybody say amen. May God add his blessing and his anointing upon that word. Mm. So as Shrek was challenging us to repair our altar, because that was a physical altar that had been torn down, and as he was challenging us to repair our altar, I believe God was giving us really a strategy, I believe, to return our nation back to God. Our nation is in crisis. Can I have an amen? amen? And we, like Israel, we worship many gods, and the altar of our nation is broken down and needs repaired. And as a nation, we've forgotten that we belong to the Lord. Would you guys agree with that? That the God, God is the Lord of this nation. Say that with me. God is the Lord of this nation. Let's say it again. God is the Lord of this nation. And that we belong to him. But what did Elijah do in order to get their attention? It wasn't really the fire. The fire did get their attention. But there was something else even going on as Elijah rebuilds the altar. In his rebuilding, he was, be he was being salt, as Tom's talked about, with his words. But he was also being light with his deeds. And he was, do he was doing more declaring. And that's what, where I went this, this past week as I was studying the word and these remembrance stones is is Elijah was doing, there is so much packed into this message or packed into this, this scripture that we could go on. But God was doing something through Elijah. He was demonstrating something and he was speaking something very loud about remembering. And so he, he rebuilds the altar here with 12 stones. And those 12 stones, what did they represent again? They represented the 12 tribes of Israel, right? So, when he is putting this huge stone, I do not believe that the building of this altar took five minutes to do. I think that when he was rebuilding this altar and he's putting a big stone and he's putting it on top of the broken altar and he's putting this foundation of 12 stones down. And he is putting them down. And I even believe Elijah is reminding them of their identity and their history with God. I believe what he's doing, he's saying to King Ahab, King Ahab, this nation belongs to God. This nation, the foundation of this nation, has been established on the 12 tribes of Israel that God chose. And so when he put the stone down for Judah, I wonder if he said, this stone represents Judah. This one represents Levi. This one represents um, uh, Asher. And this one represents Benjamin. As he was establishing something, he was using the stones as a prophetic um, metaphor 
of what God had done in the, in the, in the nation. He was bringing back a remembrance to them. I mean, here's what it would have looked like. I mean, these are big stones. I mean, I don't think this is exactly the way it looked like. This is somebody's picture of it. But imagine, you know, I think I got a pointer on here. Maybe not. Do I have a pointer on here? Oh, well. Over there on the backside, you can see all of them with their bull on top of their altar. But imagine these foundation stones, these stones of memory. He, I mean, literally, Elijah was making a declaration that we are the family of God. He was saying Israel has made a covenant with God. He is saying God established this nation, Israel, with the 12 tribes of Israel. Our families are tied to these 12 foundation stones. He's saying, do you remember that God delivered us out of Egypt, out of slavery, and he brought us back to the land of promise, and he gave each of the 12 tribes their place of location. Manasseh to the far right, Naphtali up on the top, Zebulun, Issachar, Asher, Ephraim, Gad, Reuben, Judah, Simeon. I mean, right now where they're at, I mean, if I could, I wish I had my pointer. Right now where they're at is Mount Carmel's right here. They can see the ocean. They're right here on a mountain. And God is saying to them, do you remember what our God did? Elijah is not just sacrificing a bull. He's remembering the Jehovah God and what Jehovah God had done. He was saying God is our God and we are the family of God. We're God's family. God is the God of Israel. Your name shall be Israel, which means one who has prevailed with God. He was stacking stones of memories. And he was reminding Ahab and the children of Israel who God is and who they were. That's what's going on with these 12 stones. The Ahab was being forced to see that God was the God of Israel. And I, Elijah was stacking stones of memories right in front of them as he was declaring the 12 tribes of Israel. He was declaring the foundation of God for Israel. And Shrek said to us, if you're going to rebuild your personal altar, and if we're going to rebuild the altar of this nation, we've got to start remembering what God has done. Mm -hmm. To rebuild your altar, yes, you've got to get rid of sin. That, you, it, shame and guilt keeps you from God. I, I get that. And it is so powerful. But I think the part that we forget and we get zeroed in on is we are so focused on what God is not doing rather than what God is doing and what God has done. We're not stacking stones. Last Sunday, during the middle of worship, Mike took Shrek's word and he started stacking stones last Sunday. The Spirit of God led the, the worship to begin to start talking about the memories of God. And he began to, you know, Mike even began to do that. Even Shrek began stacking stones for his life. But we must remember how God has delivered us. We must remember our identity as sons and daughters. And we must remember how we are God's in his, in his alone. We must remember we have been bought with a price. We've been saved and adopted by Jesus. We must remember whom, whose we are. God is the Lord of this nation, not Muhammad. That's right. God is the God of this nation, not other gods. God is the God of this nation. Can I have an amen? He founded this nation. Yeah. We can't mix gods. And so Mike last week started being thankful to God as he remembered God's faithfulness in his life and how God delivered him. And then he talked about Karen and I and the children, that we have children and, our, and how we were barren 
and God broke in. And, we, and there was this thing where we started remembering last week and being thankful to God. And bless Gage's heart, he starts talking about being thankful. What's being thankful? You're remembering. And if we're going to rebuild our altars, we've got to get back to remembering what God has done. I don't know about you, but I'm really poor at remembering sometimes. Why do you think it's on that chest over there? Do this in remembrance of me. Why do you think he instituted us taking communion? So we wouldn't forget what he'd done. What do you think the children of Israel, when they got on the other side of the Red Sea and God said, hey, stack up some stones, boys. I want you to remember this day. Why do you think he did that? So we wouldn't forget. Why do you think he instituted the Passover? Every year, Israel was to what? Honor the week of Passover. What were they doing? They were remembering how God delivered them out of Egypt. And why did he do that? Because he knew they would forget. Do you remember how God saved you? Do you remember how God saved you? For we to rebuild our altar as a nation and as a people, we got to start remembering. Because I think what God is doing and what the enemy is doing, the enemy is trying to wear out the saints. In Daniel 7.25, it says Satan is trying to, he said, this is about Satan. He shall speak words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and shall think to change the times and the law. He thinks he's going to win, by the way. And he's trying to wear you out on what's not going right. And if we're going to rebuild the altar of devotion and the altar of worship, we've got to start remembering what God has done for us and what he's done through us and what he's done in this church. We've got to start reclaiming testimonies. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Hello? And we've got to get back to testimonies. We've got to start capturing testimonies. I'm telling you, altar team, if God does something up here in the altar team, you've got to tell us. Right. Prophetic team, if God breaks through and brings deliverance, if someone gets saved, we've got to start capturing this stuff. Because the enemy's trying to convince us that nothing's going on. He's trying to wear you out and get you to think about what's wrong rather than what's right. And if you don't remember, you're going to get discouraged. And what happen is, happens is devotion slips. So, Karen and I, I took her to dinner last night, and we started remembering. We got really happy last night. <laughs> Meal wasn't too bad either. But I said, we need to start remembering the goodness of God. we got to start remembering the goodness of God. Can I have a witness? And I'm going to share some things we remembered. Because I've been doing some remembering this week. Because I've been discouraged. It's been heavy. It's been tough leading. There's a lot not right. If you concentrate on what's not right, you get discouraged. If I, if I get concentrating on what's wrong with Jeff, I'll not be, want to be around Jeff. But if I concentrate on what's right about Jeff, it's a delight to be around that man. If you start picking me apart and looking at what's wrong with Eric, you're going to get really frustrated because you're going to see a few blind spots. But if we start remembering how God saved us, what he's done in our families and the changes that he's made in people in this house and we start remembering what God has done I'm telling you what he's going to make me do the curly shuffle <laughs> I remember going to the altar when I was 13 years old and God convicting me of my sin and my trespasses. And I remember kneeling at an altar and saying, oh, Jesus, forgive me. I remember him saving me. Does anybody else remember that? Come on. Do you remember that day? 
you don't remember it, it, did it happen? But here's one thing I will say. The enemy steals when it happens. And you got to recall it. I'll never forget, I was working at the bank in Rushville, and the, the, the Full Gospel Businessmen's Association wanted me to come and share my testimony. And I'm 28-ish by then, probably. And I'm going, share my testimony. I'd forgotten. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll come share my testimony and what God has done. Oh, dear God, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Anybody ever done that? And this memory of church camp came when I was at the altar. And I, I, I mean, I'd forgotten about it. That sounds so stinking crazy. But see how the enemy stole the memory. And so I went and shared the testimony, and God used it powerfully. And there was even a, a, a businessman that got saved, not through me, but through that whole course of action of what went on that day because the testimony of Jesus went forth. I remember getting filled with the Holy Spirit and power in college. I remember that encounter with God <laughs> when he come and visited me and he brought the power of the Holy Spirit upon my life. Anybody remember that? I remember when God showed up in my truck and he called me into the ministry, the very thing I've wanted to leave many times. <laughs> Tom now has that anointed truck. But that old gray pickup truck, I was on Old Spiceland Pike Road, coming from Rushville to my mom and dad's house in Spiceland, hitting the hills. And God shows up in a truck, and I have no clue why, but he calls me in the middle of that day on the way to the truck, and I'll never forget bawling my eyes out and going to my mom and dad's house, and they were freaking out, like, what is going on? What happened? God just showed up, and he called me into the ministry. <laughs> I remember that day, the goodness of God. And like mentioned, Mike mentioned, I remember seven years of barrenness. Seven years where doctors said that we wouldn't have children. And they wanted to do a hysterectomy on my wife. And I remember the goodness of God that at the last moment, it's like, why couldn't have come earlier? <laughs> but at the last moment, he opens my wife's womb. And he gives us, quickly, three kids. <laughs> my wife was healed of endometriosis that you don't get healed of. And she still has all her plumbing today. And so we kept remembering, and I remembered every encounter, encounter after encounter, prophetic conferences, encounters where God spoke, encounters where God spoke, and God moved, and God moved. I remembered God removing a cancerous tumor from behind my sister-in-law's eye. My, my sister-in-law was married to my brother. She had had cancer of her eye, and they removed her eye, and they gave her a prosthesis. And years later, another tumor formed behind that prosthesis. And we were at St. Vincent's Hospital. And Larry, my brother, just said, gosh, pray for her. And we prayed. And then, I don't know many of you have heard this testimony. But Larry comes out. They didn't have to do surgery. They didn't have to do surgery. The tumor was gone. The tumor was gone. Remembering God's goodness. The tumor was gone. I had no faith for that, guys. It wasn't my magical prayer. It was the grace of God. It wasn't anything that I did. Can I have an amen on that? I remember Sandy Dillon having that tumor in her neck get dissolved. You guys remember that. Can we give God praise for that? I remember God healing my son Joel of paralysis. He was paralyzed and in a wheelchair for three months. And on J23, which is our memorial stone, which is our stack of stones, every J23, every January 23rd, we remember what God has done. 
as we continue to stack that stone. I can remember Gary Tower giving us, God giving us four more years with Gary as God took him off. First patient to come off what that heart pump and that heart medicine. Gary had already, get this guys, Gary had already claimed his life insurance, was in, was in um, hospice, already gotten his life insurance and he lives four more years. What God does that? <laughs> Our God. I remember Shelly Hansen getting radically saved one morning about right over here somewhere. She's still weird. <laughs> I love you too. I remember Chad Lynn's getting saved on a Wednesday night. I remember we were out here and Chad gave his heart to the Lord and he restored your marriage. I remember that. God was faithful. I remember when uh, Gage was a jerk. Where's Gage? Where's our hippie? Hi, Gage. I remember when Gage was a jerk. He was about this, and, and, he, and, he, and he said he wasn't going to listen to my wife back in children's church, and she gave, he, he gave her a piece of his mind. Basically, up yours is what he said. I mean, can you imagine saying that to my beautiful wife? God delivered that son. God broke in and did what he did. I remember Cole Hughes was so angry and so broke. He was ready to run from home. Do you remember that, Sarah? And God came in and he broke into Cole's heart. And he rescued him. I remember my own daughter struggling at one time. But God broke in. He saved our children, protected our kids. God's faithful. Can I have another witness? Man, oh man. Don't forget what God has done. Start stacking some stinking stones. I'm stacking stones with you right now, guys. I remember one Mother's Day, there was a word of knowledge that God was going to open up wombs. And we had four women. We were standing right over here, and four women were barren. And we laid hands on them, and all four women got pregnant that year. That's stacking stones. I didn't know I was going to get this emotional. <clears throat> I remember this guy over here, Mike Tower. Where are you, buddy? I can't see you because of these bright lights. One of his family starts coming, and they're pushing some pressure on that guy to come. I went to high school with this guy, man. You remember that, Mike? Man, you were resisting the Holy Ghost from coming to New Covenant, weren't you, buddy? His family kept coming, and all of a sudden, Mike starts showing up. Mike saved the whole Tower family. Praise God. Amen. Are you thankful for that, Mike? Amen. Give the God some praise there, church. Oh, I could go over and over. I mean, gosh, Sarah and Brian losing their house to, and the body of Christ being there for them and all that God has done. I could go over a whole list and, uh, of what God has done. But repairing our altars requires us to stack some stones and to start remembering what God has done in our lives. I even, Karen and I, were even talking about it last night. The building that you're standing in or you're sitting in right now, this was a miracle when God gave us this building. We paid $165,000 for this building back in 2000. And the way God did it is just, it was just a miracle. It is just a miracle. And how, it, and it's paid off, there's no debt on it, and we had to do a lot of work to it, of course, but God is just so good. God is so good. But when the children of Israel crossed over the Red Sea, they began and they stacked these stones. And Elijah was stacking stones of foundation, and he was reminding Ahab of what took place and what they had to remember. And here's what we got to do. In this house, as the enemy's trying to divide, as the enemy's trying to get people out of the church, as he's trying to divide our nation, we have got to pull together and remember what God has done and what he's going to do. There are some promises and prophetic words and destiny in all of you out there. And just because it hasn't taken place yet, I say don't quit pressing in. 
There is calls and purposes of God in this house that we must press in. But part of restoring the altar of devotion is remembering what God has done. Because when Elijah did this and he reminded Ahab of what he did, guess what happened? Fire fell. The power of God came. As they repaired the altar, the power of God came. As they repaired the altar, the power of God came. As they repaired their altar, the power of God came. As you repair your altar, the fire of God comes. And it reignites. And I'm telling you, even in my own heart, there is a fire restarting as I go over these things. Many of you are discouraged and frustrated because you've forgotten how good God is and how faithful He is. Gage read it this morning. I'll redo it. Psalm 100, For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. I'm not preaching this message because Thanksgiving's Thursday. But it sure works. I'm preaching it because when Shrek shared it, it was like, man, we got to get back to stacking stones. We got to get back to remembering how good God is instead of remembering what He's not doing and being passive and being frustrated and being discouraged. So, back to the story Elijah remembered. And he repaired the altar with the memories of the 12 tribes of Israel and what God had done in establishing Israel as a nation. And as he did that, he then put the bull on the altar. And I don't know about you, but we all have some bull to put on the altar. Some of you are really full of bull. And he put the bull on the altar. He cut it into pieces. And the fire of God came and it consumed the sacrifice. And the people's heart was turned back to the Lord. And they said, he is God. He is God. He is God. Now, I'm going to fly this plane and land it because it's 12.06. I found a prophetic word from January of 2016 that I thought was pertinent for today's message. And it's from Patricia King, who is a prophetic lady that has more of a national influence. And I'm going to read that prophetic word to you because it has to do with rebuilding the altar. For the Lord says, this is the time to repair the altar that has been torn down. There are many things that have brought distraction Things that have stolen affection from the hearts of my people. Affection that belongs to me. I am pouring out tender grace by my spirit to empower my people to once again align with me. My people to once again align with me from the heart. I am fully devoted to you. Are you fully devoted to me? Allow me to draw you close to my heart. Receive my love. My grace will enable you to once again focus on the things that are important and that are eternal. The world is in crisis, but I am not. Draw near to me. I am the answer for mankind. I am the solution. As Elijah repaired the altar that was torn down, so also there will be those I will raise up in this hour. And there is going to be those I raise up in this hour. And there will be those who I raise up in this hour to repair the altar of devotion. To repair the altar of devotion. To repair the altar of intercession. To repair the altar of consecration. And most importantly, to repair the family altar. My church will be strong again. For I will empower those who consecrate their time and their passion at my altar, says the Lord. Can anybody say amen? amen? So, if you would stand with me. If we could put on a little bit of music. I know I just kind of re-preached Shrek's message. 
I'm going to show that last screen in just a second because I do have an action plan. But if you would, just close your eyes for a moment. I just want to pray. You know, there's always a call to action that God is looking for from us. And I don't think this action that he's asking of us is something where he's wanting to beat the snot out of us. I don't think he's trying to do anything but to get you to start stacking stones today. I don't know what memories you've lost and forgotten. I don't know where you're at when it comes to your own salvation and remembering how God saved you. But I know Karen and I had to repent last night. And asking the Lord to forgive us for all the things we'd forgotten that he has done. How about you? Why don't you just tell the Lord you're sorry right now for forgetting? Just tell him you're sorry. Lord, I'm sorry. Sorry I've forgotten about all the things that you've done. You are my God, and I am your child. And Father, as you're separating sheep from goats, Father, I thank you that we're sheep and we hear your voice and we're going to be woken up. And we're, there's a shaking going on, God, but you're, you're stirring us right now. I ask, Father, that you would stir this church, that you would, Lord, bring the remembrance, that, Lord, you would help us to stack stones this week. Now, Father, I come against that deceptive one right now in Jesus' name that tries to keep people from remembering. I say, uh-uh. Go, in Jesus' name. You're not going to cloud the vision of God's people any longer. Go. But Father, I ask for uh, a spirit of remembrance. <laughs> that just like we have Memorial Day, and we have Memorial Day, God, to remember what our veterans have done at Veterans Day, and to remember the memorials that have been given. God, I thank you for, for Independence Day. We do it every year to remember, to remember, God. I pray that you would stir memory up right now in Jesus' name in our hearts. Father, help us to remember the encounters we've had with you, the encounters that we've experienced where you came in and you paid bills. You came in and, you know, when my son should have had a broken neck when he fell down the, the stairs in, in, a, in a walker, God, you, you protected him and saved him. God, stir the memories. Stir the memories in our hearts, God. Remembering how much we love each other, how thankful we are for each other that's in our lives. God, I thank you for the people of God. And Lord, may we remember those things and begin to stack stones as we rebuild our altar of devotion to you, Father. So, Father, I pray that the body of Christ would start journaling this week about how good you have been in Jesus' name. If you're in agreement with that, say amen. amen. If you would, get your phones out. This is your action plan for the week. Here's what I want you to do, too. I want you, if you have a powerful testimony, I mean, I th I'm even thinking of Scott and Carmen's testimony of what God did to get their business open. It is an amazing testimony about the goodness of God. But here's what I want to do. I want to start stacking stones this week. I want you to get a journal or a notebook and start remembering what God has done in your life. I want you to write out your testimony of how God saved you. I want everybody, hear me, write out your testimony. Just like what I said, I went to church camp and I was in this and the Holy Spirit came, the conviction of God came. I knew I was a sinner and I ran to the altar. I was in tears and sobbing and this is what God did. He came in and he saved me. I want you to write down your testimony. Will you guys write down your testimony? Then write down all the encounters that you remember with God and how he's been faithful to you, your family, and this church. Write down salvations of your family, healings, breakthroughs, answered prayer, bills paid. I mean, gosh, I mean, Karen, Karen brought that one up. Man, when our daughter, Rebecca, they, if they said if we would have brought her to the hospital two hours later, she'd have been dead. She had RSV at two years old. She spent five days in intensive care at, at Riley Hospital, and I didn't have to pay a dime. They paid that bill for me. I don't know how, why, or whatever, but God has God done anything for you powerfully on bills? Dear Jesus, woo! Thank you, Papa. 
All the times God did not give up on you, anybody out there? How he kept pursuing you even when you were running. I was running at 17, 18, 19 years of age, doing my own thing when I got to college, but God kept pursuing me. He kept convicting me. How about anybody else out there? Anybody else run for a while? <clears throat> Start stacking stones, church, this week, and repair your altar. That's what the prophet said, and that's what we're going to do. Could I have an amen on that? And then number two, just simply kneel at your altar and give God thanks. Just like what Gage said, don't forget, don't focus on what is wrong. Enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. Enter his courts with praise. He is your God, and we are his people. Rebuild your altar. Are you guys cool with that? If you don't, you won't remember what I just preached. If you don't, you won't remember. Sarah told me this morning they're going to take some extra bricks from the house they have and they're going to put a testimony on each brick and they're going to build an altar of remembrance. But if you'll send me testimonies by email to send me things that God has done for you, I think God's going to have us have a testimony service. I think we're going to share the goodness of God and we're going to give the devil some black eyes. Black eyes, anybody up for that? Anybody up for that? Yes. Amen. So will you, will you do that? Will you, will you start stacking stones this week? I can't hear you. Yes. Online, will you guys start stacking stones? Yes. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We give you praise. We thank you, God, that you're repairing our altar of devotion. Lord, we're going to get rid of the garbage, and we are going to start stacking stones of memories, Father, as we return our heart to you and we give thanks God that we are your people and that you are our God we love you and we give you praise in Jesus name and everybody said amen, amen. God bless you. you guys have a great day I love you have a blessed day